You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. going on welcome welcome everybody into the overreaction post game buffalo post game show brought to you by the market dominator team on the buffalo rumblings vidcast network presented by picasso's pizza treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day picasso's we are buffalo pizza shipping local and nationwide order online at picasso'spizza.net it's good to have you. I'm the voice of the overreaction Buffalo post game show. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. And all of Bill's Mafia breathed a giant sigh of relief. Happy Victory Monday. Happy Victory Tuesday. Happy Victory Wednesday. We want a coin flip, Bill's Mafia. We want a coin flip. The second of the entire year. No turnovers. A TD in the second half. A defense that shuts down the run. Tyler Bass kicked a 56-yard season-long field goal that probably would have been good from Florida. Feels amazing to be back. Back on the good side of the WL column, and man, did this town absolutely 100% need it. Win pretty, win ugly. Just win, baby. Hard-fought football game that looked bleak at times, but the tail, the tail was of two separate halves. Specifically, it was almost down to quarterly, right? The first quarter versus the other three quarters. Despite leading at halftime, the Bills come out with the victory. And I say despite leading at halftime because it didn't look like they could have, would have, or should have been leading at the half at the halfway point. But so I said despite leading at the half at halftime, the Bills come out with the victory. 31 to 23 scoring on eight of 10 possessions against the Browns to move to a record of seven and three, which now has them firmly, I believe, in second place in the AFC East. I'm not sure where they are in the standings for the AFC overall. Some of you probably know, but we're going to talk all about it. It's great to have you. Thank you for joining me. Please like and subscribe, whatever platform you are uh, consuming this podcast on. Again, this is a podcast. We are recording a podcast that is going to drop on Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I am live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook right now. If you've got a question, if you want to get my attention, jump over to YouTube, put in a super chat. It'll come up on my screen uh, colored, and I'll see it. It'll grab my attention, and I'll do the best that I can to read them out. But uh, like we always say on this program, whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee at the gym with your AirPods in, stuck in your home because your street still has not been cleared, town of Hamburg, or watching me live right now, let me just say one more time, welcome. But before we get the madness started, let's hear from our show sponsor really, really quick. My guy, your friend and mine, Mr. John Spascheck. Introducing the Market Dominator. Folks, I'm John Spascheck. That's right, the Market Dominator. And I am the proud sponsor of the Overreaction Podcast, hosted by my good friend, Joe Miller. You know, his approach is absolutely outstanding. It's excellent. And that's what our approach is when we get into real estate. We help our clients win, just like our beloved team is doing week in and week out. So folks, if you want somebody representing you with the most cutting edge technology, using artificial intelligence and everything we can get our hands on to help you win, you reach out to me directly, 716-570-3298. We will answer our phone. And one more thing, go Bills. 
Go Bills. That is John Spaschek. Do me a favor. If you're in the market to buy or sell a home, give John and his team a call. 716-570-3298. That number again, 716-570-3298. Got a first super chat. Jessica Tennis, always a pleasure to have you a part of the show. Jessica says, everything that went on for the Bills, or everything that went on, yeah, everything, I think she meant to say everything that went well for the Bills. Uh, it was a great win. Thank you so much. And I agree with you. Things did go well. Some things did not go well. The referees, it seemed like, had it in for the Bills. That was the worst pass interference call I've ever seen in my life. Uh, DeMar Hamlin was playing the football. Yes, he had his hand on the hip of the receiver, but he was playing the football. Eyes firmly back, hand reaching out, connected with the ball. He made a play on the football. How you call pass interference there, I have no idea, but Jessica, you're getting me worked up already. The refs in this game were really awful. Pamela with a super chat. Thank you, Pam, for being a part of the show. Uh, so Josh seemed like the old Josh second half. Uh, but what what is going on in the red zone? Is it him? Is it Dorsey? I think it's we're going to get into some of this. I think it's a it's a it's several things. I think they're trying to limit the the hits that he takes. Some of that limiting is keeping him from running in the red zone in, in, inside the twenty. The problem is, and we've talked about this on the Phoenix Show. We've talked about this on the Hump Day Hotline. He is such a threat, and it literally to me is what the problem is inside the red zone. The Bills have a serious problem scoring touchdowns in the red zone right now. Um, they just do. And I think they're trying to keep him from getting injured. So I think it's just effectively kind of what's going on, if that makes any sense. Thank you guys for the super chats. Let's start the show. Snowmageddon 2022. If 2014 was November, this one was assuredly Snowmageddon as we got. So I think I think the number totals were seven, somewhere around six to seven feet of snow over three days, right? Two and a half, three days. And I did not live in Buffalo at that time, which is why I had the opportunity to go to that Buffalo Bills New York Jets game in Detroit uh, with McKenna back then. Uh, so I don't really have anything recollection memory of it outside of pictures. Um, and I don't really have any recollection or memory of this one either because I was not home for this one either. So this one. While November gave us seven feet of snow, six feet of snow inside of three days, we got six feet of snow, six and a half feet of snow inside of 24 hours. And I was not here for it. And I'm going to be honest with you, I put a tweet out that was rather, I was upset that they made the decision to move the game as quickly as they did. I left town on Wednesday for work. They made the decision to move the, the game on, they were talking about it on Wednesday and they made the decision on Thursday. And I just felt from the forecast that I saw, the threat was two to four feet right patrick hammers on the television wednesday morning before my flight oh you know we have a there's a chance there's a slight chance for a historical lake effect event this high pressure thing and this high pressure thing are going to kind of come down and triangulate and push all this yada 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 just a chance and then i'll immediately was like we got to move this football game and i was like wait a second like if we get three feet of snow two to three feet of snow that is routine in the south towns for buffalo new york i know the north towns don't get it a lot and for those of you that aren't from here, you don't understand any of this. Yes, in Buffalo, we can get three feet, two, three, two, three feet of snow and have the, the roads clear. Like it's not a big deal for like nothing really shuts down. It's the cold, the wind, sometimes the ice. Um, and it sometimes depends on when it comes down. If it comes down early and the ground's not thawed, it's slushy and it's dangerous. But for all intents and purposes, in the middle of winter, or generally speaking, two to three feet's not that big of a deal. Now, I obviously was wrong. And Things got sketchy quick. Got And I think everybody knows that it got sketchy quick. So a little bit of my story. Uh, I was doing the hourly thing on Twitter. If you saw it, I, a lot of people thanked me for that. When the snow started coming, it really started coming. Um, and, you know, it, it went from we'll see what happens and it, surely it's not going to be that bad. The weather report and it, the hourly on the weather channel didn't even say that it was going to be that bad. It was like there's four hours of snow at a 40 or 50% chance. And it was it was really no big deal going into Friday night, like when I went to bed. Sure, assuredly, the snow showed up. And by the morning, my wife was a little bit concerned. And I was still in New York City on Friday. And I was supposed to fly out at 9 o'clock. And I'm, I'm going to be brief with this, just so you guys kind of know. Uh, I, I was supposed to fly out on Friday at 9 o'clock. But the, the, the temp, my, my wife and my mom and my daughters were outside trying to clear our driveway clearly that's not something they do that's my job i did show beth my wife how to use the snowblower before i left just in case she got a foot or two because that was kind of expected that we were going to get that which again isn't that big of a deal but for you know the driveway you want to make sure it's clear and all that kind of stuff um assuredly neighbors started to show up because it was bad 
It was really, really, really bad. And not only was it bad, it was compounded by the fact that uh, it just wouldn't stop. And upon it not stopping, the town of Hamburg and a lot of places in Erie County, they weren't plowing. They weren't doing anything. So I I jumped on a sooner, an earlier flight. I left the, the business stuff that I had going on in New York City on Friday. Uh, my flight was supposed to be at 9. I left at 5. I moved my flight up, got out at 5. And actually, people were like, you're never going to get home. And I did. I got home. And <laughs> upon landing, I checked the status of my 9 o'clock flight that I was supposed to be on. Sure enough, it was canceled, which that was what I was trying to avoid. I did not want to be stuck in New York City till today, right? Till Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. So I got home, uh, could not, all the roads were closed, could not get to Hamburg uh, from the airport on Friday night, uh, spent the night at a hotel in Chitawaga on Friday night, and then Saturday morning woke up and tried to make the drive down. And it was pretty much borderline not possible. Lake, Lake Street was a barren wasteland with cars all over it. Southwestern had semi-trucks lined up for miles and more semi-trucks were continuing to just drive down the street. Um, and at the end of the day, there was like people out like moms and and dads and grandmas driving around town in their little sedans. I don't know, looking for donuts. I don't know what they were doing, but all that to say this, my neighborhood is awesome. I live in uh, Lakeview and Wellington Woods and they had cut a path, not for me, just for emergencies. They'd cut a path about a car wide and I got home about six o'clock. My wife told me that they'd cut this path. Uh, the, the neighborhood did through about four and a half, five feet of snow in the street. And I put that video on uh, Twitter as well. And here we sit now. So I got home, which was great. Six o'clock on Saturday. And we are now recording this podcast Sunday, 812. And uh, oh, by the way, my street is still not cleared. So meanwhile, all of the villages, village of Hamburg streets are cleared. So Brooke uh, with Super Chat says, uh, glad you got home safe, ugly game, but we got the W. So I wanted to thank you, Brooke, for that. I appreciate that. But I wanted to kind of give you that little bit of story, my snow story, just to get the people that are not in Buffalo to kind of understand what we were going through. So we got in, in Hamburg, uh, I think it was 74 inches. Orchard Park got 77 and it was bad. So it took me an hour to drive from Cheektowaga to my house in Hamburg. And it did not take me over the normal routes because cars were stuck everywhere. Uh, but it is good to be home. Now, for this Buffalo Bills team and everything that they went through, they had all the reason in the world to pack it in. They had all the reason in the world to be like, you know what? This game isn't for us. <laughs> right? I mean, and we're, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. I mean, Wednesday, they had no practice, unforeseen, because they had a bunch of illnesses. And it's not that they didn't have practice. They had walkthroughs and kind of and one-on-one -on -one stuff because they, they didn't have enough players to uh, to practice. They they did practice on Thursday, and that's when they knew the storm was coming and then, and then found out they were going to move the game. Because of the snow, Friday, they went virtual on Friday. Uh, and then, obviously, the dash to Detroit on Saturday. 56,000 tickets were sold for this game in Detroit in 24 hours. And I cannot for the life of me figure out how so many Browns fans got their hands on tickets because as a season ticket holder, I got an email with a code and I had to provide my code and then I could buy six, six tickets. So I don't know if, if Bill's fans, season ticket holders were somehow buying, like getting their code and giving their code away to Browns fans, or if they were buying tickets and then selling them. I don't know. It was, it was strange. It was odd for me to see how many Browns fans were at this football game. It was a little strange. Um, they're, they're, there's a report out there that the code was easy to guess. I don't believe that. I that I don't buy that story at all, that it was an easy-to-guess type of code situation. Because if it was, then somebody would have sure, assuredly logged on to use their code, and their code would have been used. Story for another day. But the Bills uh, go to Detroit, and they do the smart things. You know, this is what we've seen from this team. We've seen we've seen this from this management, from this, from the, from this front office. Uh, they take the visitor's locker room. They take the visitor's sideline because, you know, in their mind, this is a dry run for Thursday's Thanksgiving game in Detroit. Um, you know, but you had to wonder, like I said, you know, pregame, what challenges, you know, is this team going to face or would they face with all the travel, no practices? What's that going to do to the, to the mentality, to the mindset of this football, this football team? And let's be honest, Josh Allen hasn't practiced for the most part in two weeks, like has not practiced at all injury, right? He missed last week due to injury and he missed this past week due to the storm. But the Buffalo Bills enter this game six and three, struggling of late. The Browns are better than their three and six record as a team. The Browns, you know, they come in, into this football game with one of the best route running wide receivers in Amari Cooper, two headed monster at running back with Chubb and, and, and Kareem Hunt, and a machine at defensive tackle at Miles Garrett. And all of those players made noise in this game, every single one of them. 
They're also a team awaiting the presence of their quarterback in waiting, Deshaun Watson. And regardless of what you feel about Deshaun Watson and his situation, he's going to play NFL football again very soon. And it was important for the Bills to beat this team, not only for their own record and to fight uh, to continue to win the East, uh, the AFC East, but also so that they don't have to face Watson and the Browns in the playoffs. The, the Browns aren't necessarily out of the playoffs. There's an opportunity, or there was, maybe still is, for them to enter as a wild card. And the Bills don't necessarily need to see Deshaun Watson, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, Mari Cooper, Miles Garrett in the playoffs. Let's just let's just not even go down that road. So put this team behind you. Start stacking some wins. But the Bills, as we know, come into this game with questions. And questions were going to be answered. Can the Bills fix their run game? And the defensive issues? Knowing the Browns are going to run, and they're going to run run a lot. At least that was the expectation. Now, they didn't in this game, but that was the expectation I had. No Tremaine Edmonds, no Gregory Rousseau. Edmonds, to me, is the bigger loss. We saw what Edmonds lost in that defense last week did to that defense. And I'll be honest with you, early on, I felt like they were missing Tremaine Edmonds in this defense as well in this game, and then found some found a way to kind of shore things up, made some adjustments, which were great. Jordan Poyer being back was amazing. I was wildly happy to be wrong, just so everybody remembers, and I'm not going to run away from it. I'm the one who said that I had a couple sources that Jordan was – highly unlikely to play the rest of this season because of his elbow injury. He needed surgery. It was a six month recovery and there was a wild, wildly high chance he was not going to play again. So I kind of floated that out there and a lot of people got mad at me. Some beat reporters questioned me and I got some DMS and it's fine. It's nobody didn't like nobody's feelings are hurt. Nobody's mad, but they were just felt that it was a little bit irresponsible for me to say. And I was like, I'm just telling you what I was told. Now Jordan played and he played well in this game. His force was there. You could, his presence. I, I, I want to say that I'm not sure this game goes the way that it goes if Jordan doesn't play this football game. He just, there are key players on this team, right? Jordan Poyer, Mike is one of them. Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, Tredavious White is one of them. Von Miller has become one of them. There are just, there are personalities on this, on this defense that when one of them are missing, the defense feels like that, that foundational piece is missing. And what's wild about it is the more and more that, kind of erode off of this team due to injury, the worse it gets. So getting Jordan back to me was huge. So that dude to me, I mean, you want to talk about MVP, and I know that we want to have conversations around Josh Allen being the MVP, but at this point in time, the team MVPs for me right now, if Jordan stays healthy, healthy Jordan is one of them. And I'll be honest with you, Matt Milano might be the other one as far as MVP for the Buffalo Bills for 2022. Got Josh Allen coming in injured, seemingly slumping after putting up historic numbers through the first six games of the season. Turnovers in the red zone, seemingly hesitant, double clutching at times. And he was doing a little bit of that, a little bit of that early in this game and then shook it off. And it was great to see. Absolutely great to see him kind of shake that off. I put out a tweet as well of a picture because I got some smoke last week because I said Josh Allen was wearing a brace. People like, no, he wasn't. I got a picture of him with his white sleeve on, and you can clearly see the brace underneath the sleeve, so he's definitely wearing a brace on that elbow. The Bills come in depleted at wide receiver. I'm just setting all of this up for you guys, just so you know. So the Bills come in depleted at wide receiver, calling up Tanner Gentry, who was on the street just a couple weeks ago, uh, Josh Allen's buddy from Wyoming, Tanner Gentry, who's been on and off this practice squad for the last couple of years. The game starts, you know, and 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 Co- Jacoby Brissett is sharp early. And Jacoby Brissett is one of those quarterbacks that, to me, you don't fear. But he's not bad. It's a little strange, right? Because he's not a bad quarterback, but he's not a great quarterback. And he had, all throughout this game, he had some brilliant throws. Absolutely brilliant throws. I mean, it was... I don't even know how to. I don't. I don't even know how to explain like some of the back shoulder stuff he was throwing, uh, some of the way that he was leading his receivers. They were elite level throws. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking specifically of a of a series of throws in the second half that he made. Um, but he was finding a move on. He was finding Amari Cooper, you know, early and often. Uh, he found him for the first score of the game. Uh, you know, on a contested catch. There were two contested catches in this football game. And I'll be honest with you, it's it's getting a little frustrating. The 50-50 balls that were that we're losing, or, or that we're not that we're not winning on, and it's not even that we're not winning on them. 
It's a matter of like the receivers are making ridiculous catches. It's just it's it's just getting a little frustrating for me. I'm just I'm kind of over it. I'm ready for the ball to bounce our way, and that was goes back to that super chat we had a little a little bit ago from. Uh, but uh, you know the the Bills early were having trouble with third and long, and this is again the tale of two halves. So stick around. You know, pretty much the entire first quarter belonged to the Browns as the Bills' defense routinely were giving up big plays. You know, but bad teams hurt themselves. You know, major time of possession, but those two drop passes in the end zone for the Browns that led to a field goal, that was a big deal. That was a huge game-changing. I don't know if you guys felt it. That wasn't where the momentum necessarily swung, but there was a moment there where it was like, wow. two. There were two passes Brissett through put right in the hands of his receivers both dropped that would give the would have given the be uh the browns i think 14 points maybe 17 i can't remember off the top of my head i got it right here i could probably look I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna go there yet uh but it doesn't matter but those two drop passes very much swung in my opinion early on just kind of the momentum and kind of where that game the trajectory of that football game it was it was important those two passes were important like tomorrow on the film when the browns watch those two passes it's going to be, man, I wish we could have those two, one of those two balls back or have it caught rather, right? But the Buffalo Bills came out executing early and well on special teams. And that was about it. Hines was showing his value to the joy of Jay Spence, the king, you know, uh, Naheem Hines. He, it, you cannot argue that his, his ability on special teams, what he was doing on the punt returns and the kick returns kept the Bills in that game early because they had no time of possession and they didn't have hardly any yardage at all in the first quarter. Hines was huge in that first quarter. Uh, as complete wins come, this is one of the more complete wins the Bills have had. I know that there's a lot of people that don't feel good about this win. I know that we wanted to see more. I know we wanted to see a complete four-quarter win. But when you're talking about complementary football in all three phases, between Naheem Hines, the kicking game, a blocked field goal, recovering two onside kicks, well, I should say recovering one, and then making sure Taiwan Jones, you know, coming to the rescue of the second one, this was a complete football game for the Buffalo Bills. They they actually, believe it or not, they played well, despite all the challenges. Getting back to the first quarter, the offensive woes and the defensive woes continued early. We could just erase that first quarter. We could just be like, whoop, just totally get rid of it. Whether due to execution, injuries, or act of God with winter storms, this team, since the second half of the Packers game through the first quarter and a half of this game, was slumping. It was obvious, and you could feel it, and I could feel it. The people in the stadium could feel it. The people around Western New York, the media members can feel it. Everybody could feel it. And what's what's difficult about making a statement like that is you know we this isn't new. The Bills didn't just become good. Josh Allen didn't just become good. Stephon Diggs didn't just get here. Vaughn Miller didn't just get here. It's hard to watch a team you know is so much better than they're playing. It's almost, I think this is what Cowboy fans feel like because they've always got like superstars on their football team and their team sucks year after year. Although they did just beat the Vikings. They throttled the Vikings today. But does that make sense? Like the, the, the Cowboys year over year over year are all up in the media. Everybody loves the Cowboys. The Cowboys always have a chance. They've always got great players. They've got Zeke. They've got CeeDee Lamb. They've always got a quarterback. They've always got this. They've got, you know, you know Micah Parsons, you know, Demarcus Lawrence. You Like superstar after superstar. Amari Cooper, superstar after superstar. And like they just can't make the playoffs and they get in. They can't win. And that's kind of what it like. This team is good. We've got good players on this football team. This team is very, very good. It's hard to watch them just struggle and not struggle in one phase, struggle in two. Struggle on defense, struggle on offense. In this game, early in the game, Allen became or started peaking at the rush. Like he'd, he'd take the snap from center in shotgun and like, and like you, you could see his head dart to his left, peeking at the line before he would start making his reads which is part of the reason that he's late on some of his throws and he's double clutching and hesitating. There's a, th that, that brief moment, that brief second of looking down at the, at the offensive line and the defensive line is, is more than enough to take him out of his rhythm for that ball to come out when it should over the top of where, wherever he's trying to go pre-read.
or pre-snap on his pre-snap read. As I said, the Browns pretty much owned, absolutely owned like the first quarter of that football game. Almost the first half. Bills went three and out on the first set of downs and managed a field goal on their second set of downs after having the ball a total of about six minutes. It was actually less than that. It was like five minutes and 40-something seconds in the first in the first quarter. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And then they tack on another TD in a football, or a field goal rather, in the second quarter. And that was like, like I said, where you just felt like the Bills had no business leading at halftime. Like halftime comes after that first quarter, and some of that second quarter, you're surprised that the Bills are 13 and 10. It's like, uh, what happened? Well, they had that one drive, right? That two minute, the, the, the two minute drive to score the touchdown to Stephon Diggs, which was a great read. It was a great route. It was a great throw. It was a great call. Everything about that that play was great. But you're, I, I, I find it, I would find it hard to believe that anybody that's listening to me right now is sitting wherever they're sitting going, oh, I absolutely knew we were going to win this game before halftime because i was i'm sitting there on the couch almost disgusted i was like how is it 13 to 10 I, how how are we've seen this happen to us right where teams have kind of like been beating us at halftime and we're like how is this team beating us they're horrible like they're not even in this football game it was almost the reverse of that this time right we were the one that was up 13 to 10 despite playing a horrible first half I've got the halftime stats for you. Hang on a second. Just to kind of cement that whole concept, that whole idea of what I'm talking about into your brain. I got to navigate to it. Sorry. Uh, halftime stats. Total yards for the Browns, 211. Total yards for the Bills, 134. Passing yards. Jacoby Brissett was, had 156 passing yards to Josh Allen, 78. Rushing yards, 55 to 56. That was the only place that we were kind of beating them. Yards per play. Browns, six. Bills four and a half. First downs, 11 for the Browns, the Bills seven, and they didn't have a first down until the second quarter. Most of those first downs came on that last drive. Third down efficiency in the first half, three for six, and they were all long ones. Third and like 12, third and 11 for the Browns. The Bills were one for six. Neither, neither of them went for fourth down or had a fourth down play. Total plays for the Bills and the Browns. The Browns were 35, Bills were 30. Sacks allowed, Browns zero, Bills one, punts two and two, penalties three, Browns to the Bills one, fumbles lost. Obviously, Jacoby Brissett fumbled that one ball, which was huge. Bad teams beat themselves. We've talked about this. Time of possession for the Browns for the first half, 19 minutes and 20 seconds, the Bills 10 minutes. It was it was <laughs> time of possession reminiscent of the K-Gun era, only the score would have been 30 to 10, not 13 to 10. Crazy. But the Bills, you know, they come out of halftime, 13 to 10, and they would never, despite even going three and out, or I think they went three and out, right? They punted uh, on their first possession of the second half, but they would never trail again. You know, halftime adjustments on defense and guys stepping up to make, you know, big plays. It was, it was a huge difference maker early in the second half. That fourth down stop was big, huge. And that's kind of where it begins for me. I, I talked a minute ago about complimentary football. The defense, the defense adjusting and finding a way to stop the pass and stop the run at the same time and just shore up the holes that they were having, you know, making plays and shutting down the Browns early in that second half allowed for the offense to find itself without them having to press. Because right now with the injury to Josh Allen, right now with kind of some of the woes that this offense is feeling and some of the, 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 the funk that they're in, 
the non-ability to practice. I would venture to guess that practicing on offense is far more important than practicing on defense. Largely due to timing, right? Everything on offense, especially when you're a high-precision offense like this one, is, is about timing. If you can't practice, it's not, a, it's not a great spot to be in. So the last thing you need to be is playing another team where their offense is scoring point after point after point, touchdown, 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 and you're just trying to keep up. And it just gets to the point where all, you're, all you can do is chuck and duck, throw the ball as far as you can because you're just trying to keep up at that point in time. So the Bills' defense shoring up whatever it is that they were trying to do early was huge. I probably could have made that my story of this football game. I didn't, but that's what I could have made it. Because the defense slowing that Browns team down was big. It was absolutely enormous for this football team, for that offense. Because they found themselves, as I, as I said, they were able to without pressing. They were able to run the ball. They were able to try to execute the run, and they, they found success with it. Defensively, it was a big day. That you know, a, a non-blitzing team clearly knows that the way to get to Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett, you know, the trick to beating this team is going to be to shut down the run and blitz. So blitz when you're supposed to, shut down the run, and they did. And, and we saw a <laughs> Leslie Frazier smile after one of those blitzes, which is something I've never seen <laughs> from Leslie on the sideline. I've seen him smile in his Zoom calls. I've never seen him smile on the sideline. The defense was just playing better. It was a well-called blitz. He knew he got them, and Leslie was all smiles when Milano made that sack. And it's funny too because you know with the all the, the all with all of the injuries that we have on this defensive line, you knew we had the depth to play better than they were playing, right? The backups in this game finally showed up, and I don't I don't know how to put it any other way than that, like. Whether they were schemed better, whether there was adjustments made and they were in better position, whether it was a confidence thing or whether they just snapped in, I don't know what the answer is. The backup started playing better. Now, the refs didn't want them to. <laughs> the amount of holding calls that were called on the Bills and not called on the Browns in this football game. I mean, even... James Lofton called it out, I think. If you're going to call that one, you got to call that one. Maybe it wasn't James. I don't know who it was. Maybe it was Twitter. Crazy. And then continued special teams plays, man, and I talked about it, right? That that blocked field goal was huge. And it was it came after the Buffalo Bills touchdown and they the failed two-point conversion to to take a 14-point lead. It was just complimentary football all three phases today. In that game one, the momentum swing, and I, and I believe again that it started literally at those two dropped touchdown passes that Jacoby Brissett threw. Just it was a momentum swing, and it was felt it was felt all the way through the rest of the game. And then the defense stepped up, it allowed the, the offense, you know, to, like I said, to find itself offensively in this football game. As I said at the top, the Bills break their second half TD slump. They only got one, but they broke it. And the Bills find themselves, uh, you know, driving, I should say, or winning this game behind a newly discovered ground game. If they if, if they can go one-two with Devin Singletary and James Cook the way that they did in this football game against every team, the Bills are going to have a lot of success from here on out. Now, I know the Browns are not a good run defense team. However, the Bills did some stuff today to <laughs> John Fina's chagrin, who was very upset about the draw plays last week. They ran a bunch of those draw plays this week, and they worked. And I'm not sure that they had an opportunity to rep them. <laughs> John, you're watching. I'm sorry. First thing I thought of when I saw those, those drop plays, I was like, oh, John's not going to be happy. But they were working. James Cook was decisive, right? James Cook knew where he wanted to go. He got the ball. He held onto it. He was quick. He had good contact balance. The offense scores 18 points, mostly off the leg of Tyler Bass in that second half. And it it was it was great to see. It was It was comfortable. And I haven't been comfortable in a while as a Bills fan. Like I said, I'm starting to really like what I'm seeing from James Cook. The game no longer looks too big for him. Josh finally seemed like it, he was settling in a little bit. Some of the throws he was throwing were darts. Looked a little bit like Josh. Dawson Knox showed up big in this football game. Gabe Davis picked himself up after some issues catching the football, not only in this game, but clearly over the last several weeks. 
and Stefan Diggs, you know, it's, it's hard to have a conversation about Stefan Diggs and not talk about or think about greatness. The dude is just, he's just good. And I know I, I kid about it a lot and I, I throw it in the face of the mafia often because we are the truest form of underdog believers that there ever will be because Buffalo, New York is a home to underdogs. That's just who we are. And I, and, and I love us for it. I'm the same way. We don't want Marshawn Lynch because Fred Jackson is better. Marshawn Lynch is a, you know, high profile, big time, first round draft pick. Give us the guy that's a hundred percent heart and 50% talent. I want that guy in my, I want to win with that guy. That's just who we are. That's who we've always been. It's it's the John DeGiorgio's, and I make comments about that all the time. I don't know how many of you remember the love affair that this fan base had with John DeGiorgio because he was a small linebacker, but he was a smart player, and he was, you know, he was a he had all, he was all go. Bills Mafia. I'm going somewhere with this, and it's not an insult. Bills Mafia wants everybody to be Kyle Williams, right? That's we want a team full of Kyle Williamses, guys that were taken in the fifth round behind a first round defensive tackle don't really have a shot but they're all heart they're all motor they never quit you, you can never count them out you can never put them down they're never going to take no for an answer because that's who we are at our core this this snowstorm is proof of that my neighbors went out your neighbors went out the bills players neighbors went out and like shoveled barely car wide lengths of strips down side streets so emergency vehicles and people could get it out in and out if they needed to fathers who were away from their families and couldn't get home could get home like this is who we are oh yeah you're gonna dump seven feet of snow on us watch this sure i don't live on a beach i don't make five hundred thousand dollars a year i don't drive a maserati but you know what i can do not quit you're never gonna see me quit because that's who we are. We're Buffalonians. We don't quit. We don't know those two words. That one word. I'll say don't quit. Sorry. That's just not who we are. So that, that's who Bills fans want, right? How did I get here? I was talking about Stefan Diggs. And I throw it in the Bills, Bills Mafia's face often about Robert Foster, right? And Duke Williams. Because Bills fans, Bills Mafia truly wanted Robert Foster to be the guy. It's, it's the Jake Kumaro thing. Like, we all believe that Jake Kumaro touched down Jesus, who has caught five passes as a Buffalo Bill. One was a great touchdown, but because Aaron Rodgers thinks he's great and he's got a cool name and a great beard, we all believe that he's going to be a great someday. <laughs> like, Stefan Diggs is just next level. Like, as much as... The broadcast crew is difficult to listen to in this football game. The reality is James Lofton is right. Stephon Diggs is a bully. And he's going to go out there and he's going to take the part of the field that he wants. And then he's going to make the catch. Why? Because he's good. He's that good. And what's interesting is he kind of fits the mold of who we're talking about. He, what was he, a fifth-round pick out of Maryland? Right? So maybe he does fit that mold. But my point is, is Stephon Diggs is a number one wide receiver. He's what a number one wide receiver looks like. And it is a joy and a pleasure just to watch that guy play football. Five straight seasons of 1,000 yards receiving. Three straight for the, with the Buffalo Bills to tie Stevie Johnson's record for the Bills. And, and Stevie has been saying it for the last four or five weeks. He's going to break that record. He's going to have 1,000 yards next year too, Right? It's just it's just another one of those things, those wildest dreams land moments for me. Like, take in the opportunity to watch this guy play football. Because it's so worth it. He's so good. Even with being upset and having to get what we don't know. Excuse me. We don't know what Sean McDermott said to him. We don't we're not privy to that conversation. Neither is Doug Whaley. We aren't either. We don't know what was said, but clearly Steph was not happy, rightfully so. He's aware of what this team is capable of. He's aware of what he's capable of. It wasn't going well. Coach probably talked him off the ledge a little bit. You're a leader. You're an adult. You're a captain. Act, he probably didn't say act like it. He probably just said, we need you, buddy. Keep your head in the game. And Steph did, and it paid off. He was rewarded for his patience in this football game. It was fantastic.
Let me get to the game stats here in a second. First, before we do that, let's talk about the Western New York Beer Trail. Let me pull up the graphic. There it is. The brand new 2023 Trail Pass from Western New York Beer Trail is now available. It's right here in my hand. The 2023 uh, Pass is bigger and better than ever. And there's no better time to get ready for next year than right here and right now. The new Trail Pass features 53 local breweries, cideries, meaderies, and beer bars all over Western New York. While most or almost every stop still offers uh, the two half-price beers with your pass, there are several several other offers available from select locations, such as discounts on flights, food, and merchandise. You can save over four hundred dollars uh, on all the through all the offers in this book. Like a T Bass field goal today, of them six you can't miss. The twenty twenty three trail pass and other beer trail items are available on our website www.wnybeertrail.com just click the shop tab and now through november 15th it's the 20th hopefully it's still good i didn't get word tom <laughs> hopefully we can keep that code open use the code the voice 15 to save on your t- entire order this is the perfect way to start your holiday shopping early and even get yourself a little something we at western new york beer trail are proud to support everything local craft beer small business and local charities watch for our meetups and fundraising at local events along the way western new york beer trail drink local sport local we'll see you on the trail do me a favor if, if you're a if you're a woman and you want to get your husband something and he likes beer IPA, get him this thing. Do me if, I would like I would love to hear from Tom tonight or tomorrow that four people from my show went in and bought this. Christmas is coming. It's for 2023, and I'll I'll say this as well. Even if you don't have to be a woman, or you, like you, if you're a woman and you like IPAs. Go buy this bad boy and take one of your girlfriends out, right? Have a girl's night out at one of these places on the beer trail. Check it out. Make your way around. Do your thing. Live it up. Live up Live up the life. Western New York Beer Trail. Use the code THEVOICE15. Save 15%. Do me a favor. Support local. WNY Beer Trail is local. Support them guys. Save yourself some money. You won't regret it. I promise. I promise. Story of the football game, and then we'll get to the stats. So the story of this game for me, and I know I I had the other one that I said could be the story, and it very well could have been. There's almost two stories to this game. The the, the Buffalo Bills could have easily, as I said at the top of the show, just chalked this up to, you know what, the circumstances were just too much after that first quarter. This isn't our week, right? We were snowed in. We didn't get to practice. A bunch of people were sick. We uh, We had one practice and a virtual meeting. You know, some of our guys are nicked up and banged up. You know, that guy over there, that Nick Chubb guy is really, really good, even though he's not hurting us yet. But, you know, they're making some passes and some plays on us. You know, let's – let's. I still got to get home, and I got to clear my driveway. My wife and my kids are at home, and they're without me, and Thanksgiving's coming, and we're not going to be home for that. So we were going to do it on Wednesday. But there was just a lot of reasons. You know, they, they very easily could have just said, you know, let's hit the re- – let's just, let's just hit the bus and, and restart on Thursday. This isn't our week. This Buffalo Bills football team could have very easily have just said, you know what, this this wasn't this wasn't the game for us. We're just going to hit the bus, hit restart. You know, we're six and four. We're not out of it. Vaughn Miller said it. You know, last year the Rams lost three in a row and they won the Super Bowl. No reason we can't do that too. And he's right. There is no reason they can't do that too. But they didn't. They didn't do that. This Buffalo Bills football team is a well coached team. I know people are crazily wanting to fire Sean McDermott and saying Dorsey's got to go and he's holding the offense back and Leslie Frazier's never going to be a head coach in this league. This is a well-coached football team with great starters and a deep bench. It doesn't mean that they're not going to struggle from time to time, especially when injuries have hit this team as hard as they have. It doesn't mean that the players haven't been struggling to execute for long stretches of time because they have. It doesn't mean the coaching staff also hasn't been struggling for long stretches to put the players in a position to win because they kind of have. You know, the reality is, is, you know, the emotional swing in this game for me was crazy. In the first quarter through midway through the second quarter, my thoughts were dire. The season's over. Like, I don't know what is going on. This team looks like a shell of itself. Josh Allen has the yips. He's afraid. He's lost his confidence. The defense isn't executing. They're letting Jacoby Brissett complete 
or, or, or execute third downs on third and 11s and third and 12s. Guys are wide open all over the field. We can't run the football. Gabe Davis can't catch the football. We can't throw the ball to Stephon Diggs. What? I, uh, the emotional swing was crazy. Thoughts from being, like I said, I mean, just thoughts from being the, the, the season being over in the first half to the relief and the dreaming of Arizona again in the second half. I'm back to wildest dreams land. Which, by the way, there's a shirt now available from Buff on Weck. I need to I need to figure out a way to advertise that thing. There, there's a there's a there's a Wildest Dreams Lens T-shirt available on Buff on Weck. But this football game, getting back to it, and if they can beat the Lions right between this game and if they can beat the Lions on Thursday, they'll be eight and three, and they'll be surging coming into a home game against a team. I believe they're I believe they're playing the pass at home. Maybe not. Regardless, they're going to be playing a Patriots team that they've had a lot of success against recently. A Patriots team that, in my opinion, is not very good. They do what they do well. We've all heard the recent great little lines that they say about Bill Belichick. They make you, He makes you play with one hand. He's not had that success against the Bills. He's not made the Bills play without Josh Allen throwing the football because he's tried and Josh Allen has smoked him. Everything is still in front of this team. Everything. Everything that they want to do can still be done and can still be achieved. I know we hate this saying, but it literally is one game at a time, and we as a fan base need to take it one game one game at a time. And that is the story for me for this football game, just kind of resetting us and our expectations. We got a super chat from JRJR. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Joe, we beat the Browns at the end and the refs today. That's true. We absolutely 100%. I said that at the top of the show that we beat the refs and the Browns. Uh, this was one of one of the more, how can you say one of the more poorly officiated games we've seen when they all seem to be poorly officiated? <laughs> like at what point in time do they become well officiated games? I don't have that answer. Quick on the stats real uh, for you. Jacoby Brissett was 28-41 uh, for 324 and three touchdowns. Just in case you're keeping record, as much as I heaped a ton of praise on this defense, <laughs> excuse me, Jacoby Brissett and Kenny Pickett have now both thrown for 300 yards against this offense or this defense. Jacoby Brissett, if you played him in some sort of a parlay for 300 yards and three touchdowns, you won some money today. Kareem Hunt, five for 32, 6.4 average. Jacoby Brissett, was 7 of 29, hit that one big one. Nick Chubb was 14 of 19 for 1.14 carries for 19 yards for 1.4 average. It seemed like he was eating early, didn't it? In the first half, like in the first quarter of this game, didn't it seem like he was ripping off seven yard runs? You want to talk about deterioration. You want to talk about like attrition of your carries and diminishing returns. Nick Chubb was the definition of diminishing returns in this football game. Mari Cooper had himself a day, eight, of, eight for 113. Two touchdowns. Donovan people, the law firm of Donovan Peoples Jones, five of sixty ones with a five man five four sixty one with a touchdown. Nick Chubb was three for forty eight. Harrison Bryant don't know, don't know who that guy is. Four for forty one. David Bell four four for twenty two. Kareem Hunt two for twenty two. And Joku with the crazy, the crazy hop over Jordan Poyer two for seventeen. The Buffalo Bills in this football game, and then I'm going to read your tweets. Oh no, I got a couple dude awards, and then I'm going to read your tweets. Uh, Josh Allen was 18 of 27 for 197 and one touchdown through for under 200 yards. That's rare for Josh. Devin Singletary was 18 for 86 yards. He averaged 4.8 a carry at a touchdown. James Cook was 11 for 86. He averaged 7.8. That's what I want to say to James Cook. James Cook, the most, I think he carried, he didn't have any catches. So I don't know that he still has not yet beaten his high, his college high of 14 touches. He had 14 touches in college, I think twice. That was his his uh, career high as a player, as a running back. He had 11 in this game. Josh Allen, three for seven. Naheem Hines, one for minus eight. It was a rough day for, for Naheem on offense. Not a big deal. Dawson Knox led the way, seven receptions for 70 yards. D Gabe Davis was five for 68. Stephon Diggs, four for 48 and a touchdown. Devin Singletary, two for 11. And then defensively for the Bills, uh, well, we got a sack from Matt Milano. Apparently one sack on the day, just in that one call blitz and no interceptions. And then Jacoby Brissett did have that one fumble. Dude Awards. Let's talk about the Dude Awards. And then I'm going to get to your tweets. And there's not a whole lot of tweets uh, for this show. So we should get you guys out of here on time for this one. 
If you've not filled out your tweet, you want to go do that now. Uh, the Dude Awards. So I've, I've I've got. So for those that aren't familiar, if you're new to the show, the Dude Awards, dude, 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 great game, dude, dude, you played well. Uh, is is how it goes. If you did good, and then dude, bro, we got to talk. If it did not go well, and I do have a super chat. So let me jump on the super chat real quick from Johnny. Johnny says, "My observation: Every play in defense, I expect them to be great, and I'm and I'm disappointed more than not." No real line pressure, uh, and maybe injuries are just hiding, holding back rather, uh, the whole unit. You know, I, I, this is the struggle, and the struggle is real for not only Bills fans, for every fan base. We want every throw to be a touchdown, every run to be a touchdown, and on defense, we want every play to be an interception, a fumble, or a tackle for loss. And that's not only is that not how it's going to go, but that's not even how the Buffalo Bills coach this team on defense, especially. They are a bend and not break defense. So first step, let that settle, right? They are a bend and not break. Between the 20s, between the 30s, they are going to give up yards at a time by design. That's what they're going to do. And then they basically suffocate you. Uh, for Actually, first, before that, they're going to give up big yards by design between the 20s, between the 30s, and, and hope for you to make mistakes and make mistakes, which the Browns did make mistakes to get you basically out of rhythm. After they get into the red zone, they're then going to attempt to suffocate you and make you kick a field goal or a mistake. And that's what the Bills do. And this defense does it about as well as any defense does. So I totally, Johnny, I totally get your point. I understand what you're saying. And I know you're di- you're disappointed when they give up a 17-yard pass or a 30-yard play, run play, from their own 25-yard line. But by design, Vaughn Miller said it in his press conference today, you know, we do kind of the same thing every game. And sometimes we stop the run, and sometimes they, they find a crease and they hit one. And that's just kind of the mentality that they have as a team. It's frustrating for us to watch, but it's just kind of who they are. And I know that's hard, but it just is. So back to the dude awards. Thank you, Johnny, for the super chat. I appreciate you, bro. Uh, first due to work goes to Jordan Poyer, Jordan Poyer, you know, somebody put in the comment section earlier about my or assuming or inferring that actually not even inferring. They said that Jay Spence was my, my source. Jay Spence and I don't talk about Jordan Poyer. So he is not my source. I have two outside sources. Uh, one is connected to the bills and one is not that both confirmed what I said. And then I had a third one confirm it a week later. So that's why I stuck and went with the news that I stuck with, but mad props to Jordan Poyer for gutting it out, for getting back on the football field and just being the captain and the player that he is. Jordan, I know you don't listen to the show, but if you did, I wish, you know, I wish I could tell you, I wish you could hear how appreciative I am. And I think all of Bill's mafia is for you, your heart, your grit and your gut for this football team. Um, I know that you want an extension. We all want you to get it. I don't know what the future holds, but I hope that you retire a Buffalo Bill. Jordan, thank you so much for what you did in this football game. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for putting your what your body on the line for this team. You've been playing nicked up all season. Matt Milano should probably should have been my first one, but I wanted Jordan to be first. But Matt Milano is just if Matt so Matt Milano has what two, three interceptions this year, and he's had his hands on five balls. Is that right? I'm gonna make a bold statement. If Matt Milano had caught three of the five other interceptions. With the way that he is playing the run and the way that he's just playing in general, Matt Milano could potentially be up for MVP of the NFL right now. He is playing at an unbelievable level. It's incredible. Uh, love this kid, and this defense is absolutely different without him. James Cook is my third dude award. James Cook is the man, and uh, I love what I'm seeing from James, and I uh, just want to see him continue to grow, see him continue to get better and see him continue to find holes behind this offensive line because it's, it's becoming exciting. It's getting to be exciting to watch him play, which is great. My uh, dude, dude, dude. Awards. I don't have a single Bills player on here. I could probably throw one in there off the cuff right now. I'm not going to do it. Um, they're actually not Bills players at all. My first down dude award goes to the refs. Can we just be better? Can we just please be better, ref referees? Please be better. That was not pass interference. He played the ball. He went after the ball and was looking at the football. It's not by definition of the rule. It's not pass interference. Oh my god, it didn't matter. The holding calls again that weren't called in this football game. The refs get my first dude award because I'm just tired of it. Just super tired of it. The next one is a local media member who I'm not going to name on the show. He put out a tweet today, and it was snarky because that's what he does. It's just always snark with him. 
these football players are making millions of dollars. Why aren't they contracting people to plow their or clear their driveways? Why are their neighbors having to do it? Bro, you have lived here for a long time. As a teenager, I remember reading your stuff in the in the local Bills newspaper or local Buffalo newspaper. For you to not understand what an impassable road is, despite the travel ban, which I broke it. And when I was out again, as I said, as much as I've got a four by four, by the way, just so everybody knows, I got a big lifted tundra. As much as, and that doesn't mean that that's not a, a good excuse. My truck can take anything. No, my truck can absolutely get stuck too. And I was worried a couple times. I know there's there was other people out in their little sedans that aren't all wheel drive. I also know that there's a lot of plow trucks out there trying to get to the people that they were trying to get to. Impassable road conditions aside, which means that there were several Bills players whose contractors couldn't even get down their streets. If we if we just put that part aside, right? So we're not going to talk about the ones where, you know, they had impassable road conditions. We'll only talk about the ones where their street was thoroughly plowed, even though mine still is not, in Lakeview, Hamburg. There's players, Mitch Morse lives in Lakeview. Yes, he does. I see him almost, I pass him going the opposite direction almost every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. He's headed to the stadium, and I'm headed home from the gym. Even if the road was passable and plowed, there's a point of a snow blade that is only about two and a half or three feet high. When the snow is five feet high, that it doesn't matter if your contractor comes there with his plow or not. He can't clear the snow. So the snark level in that tweet was just, it was a miss. It was, it was just cold and numb and just, it just, it just missed me with that trash. It was just garbage. And I, Sean McDermott actually said about it in his press conference. They asked him what his snow story was. And he said, my contractor couldn't get in my driveway. So we had to contract somebody with a front end loader to clear the snow from my, from my, from my drive which is exactly what I'm talking about. It was just it was just a deaf comment. It was a deaf tweet. And for, from somebody that just lives and loves to be snarky about everything Buffalo and Buffalo sports, I'm just, just move already. Just go back to Boston or go to Florida. Like, go someplace else. I just, I'm, I don't understand it at all. Second dude award. Third dude award goes to the national media and all the lunkheads all of the absolute mother trucking lunkheads that were tweeting all week about how dude, that's why you build a dome. So you don't have to go play games in Detroit. <laughs> and do I need to rehash all of the nonsense that I just talked about, about impassable roads and getting people to a stadium. They clearly could have practiced on Friday in the field house. It wasn't snowing in the field house. Hello. <laughs> so those are my three dude awards but it's just it just is what it is i'm sorry that uh, that's where i'm at ladies and gentlemen you have been tuned into thank you so much for tuning into the overreaction buffalo post game show on the buffalo rumblings vidcast network brought to you by the market dominator team i'm so thankful for all of you and i appreciate you guys hanging with me every single week um yeah i can't say enough uh, i can't say enough for just the commitment that you have to this show hanging out being in the comment section love you appreciate you and uh, yeah, Thanksgiving coming. We, we have Thanksgiving's coming. We have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, we got a good football team. We got a city that uh, that is better, in my opinion, than every other city in the country when it comes to its people. There's some tweets going around just about what other cities and people in their cities would be doing while we're out there sharing snow stories with each other while we're clearing each other's driveways and checking each other's heater vents to make sure that nobody dies of CO2, carbon monoxide poisoning. So you're good people, Buffalo. You're good people, Buff, uh, but Bill's Mafia. And frankly, I'm proud to be one of you. Love you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Got to get my fingers up so you can see them. Go Bill's. Bills.